Hello, everybody, and welcome to the seventh episode of the Film Studies Club podcast, the a podcast about all things movies. Um, today, I enjoyed. I don't think that we have started a single episode without like at least one of us laughing. Hysterically. I'm gonna pop a blood vessel. <laughs> <laughs> we are joined by um, my vice host, Pahul Chabra. Go! Oh, I said your name again. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go! Go! Here, here, we'll go back. I'm joined by my vice host, Pahul Chabra, and um, our fact checker slash vice vice host. No, you, you usually say my Nicholas name. Nicholas Mana. <laughs> this podcast is like completely lost any structure that it once has. Hey. You need to stop peeking your microphone. <laughs> what? You need to stop peeking your microphone, Paul. What Paul am I doing? not peeking his microphone. When you, were, when you were screaming. Nick, you're peeking in... your microphone. Okay. Yeah, he was screaming before the podcast started, bro. That was the countdown. That's my bad. Yeah, Jesus. Okay, uh, so I think we should all explain our backgrounds as as we do. So let's start with you, Pahul. Okay, my background is uh, it's a hallway. It's a long hallway. It's uh, it's like it's like my life. My life is a long hallway, and there's a bunch of doors on the sides where you can go to different side quests in your life, or you can take the one way route, and you can just go to the uh, door at the end of the tunnel. That door means death. But if you go through like the side quests, then you have a fun life. If you just go straight on through, then you just meet your death. Sometimes people are born really close to the death door. That's when they die in their childhood and stuff. Pull, pull, pull. And sometimes people are born like at the end of the hallway and they live to be like 95 and stuff. I feel like I'm born right in the middle of those two. 50. You think you're only going to live till 50? 52.5. 52.5 wow um that that is that is a hallway from a popular movie though well let me guess the shining do you seriously not know the shining no I've, ne- I've never seen the shining dude okay but that's like an iconic hallway yeah but iconic to people who've seen the shining iconic to all people i knew it was the shining before i had seen the shining well to be fair it's you oh the 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 the, the, the videos are starting Yes, it is. But Nick, it's it's not about your background yet. Um, interesting yeah. fact about that hallway: they also used it in Toy Story that um, floor design, and a lot of people were like, "Oh, oh, is it the same movie?" And it was really stupid. They are the same. Movie. Screwed up. Anyways, my background is a uh, poster for a movie that we will be talking. You know what? I should explain mine last so that we can like segue into the movies we're talking about. That's true. That's a very good point. So, Nick, you explain your background. Um, my background is the <laughs> entire video of the duck song, and also I'm upside down. <laughs> Wait, there he is. You know what I was noticing by watching it earlier? Is uh, the, the guy who owns the lemonade stand, he progressively gets like more and more mad. And he looks like really mad by the end of it. You just now noticed? Well, like, I... I, I guess I don't remember watching the duck song as a kid. Like, I didn't know it was a thing until, um... Sil Wooper uh, did it as a skit with his sister at a. I think um, it's supposed to be Kill Wooper. Kill Wooper did it as a skit with his sister at a um, Boy Scouts thing when we were in Boy Scouts together, and that was the first time that I had heard of it. Kill Wooper was a Boy Scout. Yeah, with me, with me and Justin. <laughs> I mean, with Sustin Jewart. <laughs> <laughs> 
it was a very interesting boy scout troop uh who else was in that um i don't i don't know if you guys know anybody else who was look look, look at him he's so mad right now like he's so mad why why would anybody get that mad okay okay we've been talking about the god for we're talking about the duck thing for a while now all right all right fine um so my background is a poster for a movie that we are going to watch today no, we already I mean, watched we, it. We're gonna we are going it. to review it today. We have already watched it. We were supposed to review this two weeks ago on our episode with Madam Rager, but uh, certain circumstances ran in the way. And it applies to our theme this week, which is uh, survival movies. So, mm-hmm. should we go? What what order should we go in this time? Alphabetical, chronological. Well, since you since you talked about Life of Pi first, we should go with Life of Pi first. Well, no, but from there, where are we going to go to? The Martian? Because the thing is, that's in the middle in terms of I alphabetical say, oh, and in terms of well, chronological. I have, an idea. I have an idea. Yeah. So we so we see how big the setting of the movie is. So like, say so, Aguirre goes first because they were in a little jungle, and then goes the Pacific Ocean because the Pacific Ocean is huge. And then it goes space because space is literally so big. I think it's just here first, folks. Okay. Space is big. Okay. that. All right, so then we're gonna start off with a queer. Yeah, yeah. That, that that's basically that's chronological order as well. But uh, whatever oh, makes awesome. you feel comfortable. So, um, anyways, ignore the awkward cut there because we are going to start off with a queer, the wrath of God. So, this movie came out in 1972. It was directed by Werner Herzog, and the uh, plot synopsis reads as this. A few decades after the destruction of the Inca Empire, a Spanish expedition leaves the mountains of Peru and goes down the Amazon River in search of gold and wealth. Soon, they come across great difficulties, and Don Aguirre, a ruthless man who cares only about riches, becomes their leader. But will his quest lead them to the Golden City or certain destruction? That is like way too American of a plot synopsis for this movie. I feel like the plot synopsis just should have been like some dudes are riding down the river and then they get like mad at each other. Uh, anyways, who should review first? Who? Not me. Uh, Nick, you want to review first? Uh, I would love to, Robert. Uh, All right. What, what did you think of Aguirre, the Wrath of God? Personally... Um, I didn't care too much for this movie, and uh, the reason why is because I'm American. That's it. The only reason. And also, <laughs> and also, um, I thought the score was very. I, I know it was repetitive on purpose, but just what was being repeated was so not good, in my opinion. And um, I think that. It was uh, quite a slow-paced and boring movie for my taste. And also the cinematography was, like, nauseating. But that could also just be because I was watching it in five frames per second. We were watching it over Zoom because these guys don't have Amazon Prime accounts, so... Actually, we we were watching it perfectly legally. Yeah. No, we were watching it on Amazon Prime through Zoom. That's legal. Plus, I could uh, watch it illegally. I pulled it up and everything. I started watching well, it, then I got bored. Oh, wait, Paul, we should, um, next time that we do, like, a Zoom call like that to watch a movie together, we should use yours because it probably won't lag as much. My Amazon Prime thing? Yeah. Why won't mine lag? Because you have better internet connection than I do. 
IDK, but I'll give it a shot. <laughs> All right, if you say so. Um, uh, Nick, do you have anything else to add to Aguirre? No. <laughs> you sound miserable. All right. Uh, then I will talk about Aguirre. Uh, this was a movie that I was actually like really looking forward to for like a really long time. I remember like in eighth grade when I was first getting into movies, I was like, I want to watch Aguirre. It looks cool. But for some reason, I just literally never got around to it. Um, so I just got to watch it a little bit ago. And honestly, I am underwhelmed with this movie. I do understand why a lot of people would you know give it like really positive reviews it has a very it has like a 4.1 on letterboxd and it has a very high rotten tomato score and people 98%. enjoy it what 98 percent yes, and people enjoy it quite a lot and i i see where they're coming from but i i just i think the biggest problem with this movie is that it lacks like a structure and i remember you guys know about masterclass, like that thing that you get YouTube ads for, where Samuel oh, yeah. Jackson is like teaching you about acting. Oh yeah, some of those ads are pretentious, bro. Oh yeah, they're very pretentious. It's it's a it's a bad service. I would not recommend it. But um, so I guess we're being anti-sponsored by uh by uh masterclass. Is is there a word? Is there like an an antonym for uh sponsored? I don't think there is. Like, what's the antonym of being sponsored? Them not giving us money to not talk about on the show what well no 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 no. that's a double negative it's oh. gotta be they're not giving us so money but we're talking about it on the show oh that makes sense antonym, i'm gonna look it up antonym for antonym just doesn't sound like a real word for a sponsor um let's see what here let's at see film what studies is. club love vocabulary and grammar Okay, so here's what we have. Antagonist, enemy, opponent, opposer, and opposition. So I guess we are an antagonist of uh, Masterclass. I think I think that's the nice. one. Nice. We're like um, Voldemort. Exactly. But anyways, uh, and I remember I, I was watching the one by Werner Herzog, and he said in it, he was like, um, too many people in Hollywood are obsessed with like plot structure. And I don't care about plot structure. Some of my movies have three acts and some of them have five acts and some of them have zero acts. And he's like, you know, that type of thing can like ruin flow and creativity. And one, I think that's a terrible thing to teach somebody who's new to filmmaking because they're just going to ignore all the rules that have been previously established and try to do their own thing. And they're not going to be able to make a movie. Um, but I understand where Werner Herzog is coming from because it does kind of, you know, block the creativity process. And I think that certain movies do that well, where they have like not many acts or they don't have a very clear structure. Like 2001 A Space Odyssey is a really good one by Stanley Kubrick. But I feel like if you're going to do that and not have like a super consistent structure, you need either like really good characters that you can relate to you need like an emotional gut punch somewhere in the movie or you need filmmaking that's like transfixing and weird and i know for a lot of people this movie is transfixing but i personally just did not like see it that way the movie honestly did drag on for me and there's certain scenes where i did kind of get like interested in what was happening but the filmmaking was just simply not good enough and not stylistic enough to support not having any sort of structure I would say that this movie 
it feels like Apocalypse Now, but the whole movie is just the second act. And I love Apocalypse Now, but I love it because the story is fascinating and the philosophy behind the movie is fascinating. But this movie, I feel like it isn't really saying anything. It's just about people on a trip for riches and to spread religion and they're going insane and they're yelling at each other and things get violent. And I don't know. I, I, I think it's an interesting movie and I understand why film school study it and everything, but it's, it just did not stick with me. There was nothing I could really like connect to. Um, and I, I like things about it. I actually do like the score. I like it when movies can use repetitive scores pretty well. Like I'm watching Twin Peaks right now and that show uses the same songs over and over again, like in Minecraft. And it actually like works really well. And I think the cinematography of this movie is really good. The set design is like great. It's very simple, but it's very effective. Like having all those people cramped onto, you know, the areas that they are and then eventually on the raft and everything like that. And the costume design is good. And like, it's, a, it's technically a well-made movie, but because he just ignored plot structure and all of that it just ended up like coming off flat to me also that i didn't know that the duck got grapes at the end of the song yeah that's like, like that's like key to the plot i thought that at the end of it he just like gave up no he's like let's go get some grapes <laughs> oh and then they go get grapes yeah <laughs> that's pretty cool all right uh pahul what are your thoughts on egg weird this movie was egg weird I did not <laughs> like this movie. I found it quiet, uh, strange. I wasn't really paying attention a lot. Uh, but, you know, I read the plot synopsis on Wikipedia with the spoilers and everything. And after reading the plot synopsis, uh, I, I like the plot synopsis of the movie. So, yeah, good good job on the story, Mr. Director Man. But everything else, weird. That's it. What That's an what awful review. Um, <laughs> yeah, oh my god. <laughs> okay i'm sure you'll have a really good one for the other two movies have we have all three of us seen all three movies on uh i've seen all three i have not seen life of pi i'm sorry are you serious Uh, that's like a really good movie life of pi i don't know Life it's a good movie dude it's just one of those movies i feel like everybody has seen i I haven't i'm sorry i saw it in india first oh really yeah was it big in India? Like, did like people like want to go? It to- was big in India because people were excited because Hollywood Indians. There was an Indian man in there. Bollywood. It was like a crossover episode of Hollywood and Bollywood. Gotcha. Yeah. Oh, anyways, um, back to Aguirre. Uh, should we just give our scores and uh, move on? Absolutely. All right, Nick. What are you giving it? I'm gonna give it a six out of ten. What? You just talked about how much you hated it the entire time. I don't hate it. I don't hate anything, Robert. I just hit my mic. I hope that didn't pick up. No, um, you hate you hate guys who use the word chick. That is yeah, true. You, you I do, do hate, hate that. that. Wait, are you saying a six out of ten as in like good, like decent, or a six out of ten like school where it's like a D minus? School. You are? Yes. So then more realistically you're giving it like a three out of ten. Four out of ten. <laughs> Why are you negotiating a review with Robert? Just say whatever. Dude. Okay, <laughs> I get it. You hate the movie. It's a four out of ten. It's okay. a four out of ten. Okay, I'm gonna give it. Uh, um, I'll give it a six. I'm gonna give it a clap. 
No, Pahul. Pahul. Can you find any other rating system other than the two emojis? Oh, shoot. The SAT, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was gonna use a different rating. I was gonna use an SAT score for this for these movies. Oh, okay. So I'm gonna give this movie an SAT score of 800. It flunked in English because it's completely in German, <laughs> and it was it was good in math. So I'm gonna give it some points in math. So that means it got a 200 in English and like a 600 in math. Yeah, it, it good. It was really good in math. Gotcha. Um. I think it's interesting because this is like a really well-reviewed movie and I feel like any other movie-related podcast, somebody would love it because it's it's a lot of people's favorite movies. But nah. Nah. Anyways, now we are on to our next movie, which is called Life of Pi. Or uh, this one was based on book. What? I was just saying that you didn't see that one coming. What? What? Never mind. Okay. Don't get it. This one is directed by Ang Lee, and it stars uh, people, and it follows (laughs) the plot synopsis is the story of an Indian boy named Pai, a zookeeper's son who finds himself in the company of a hyena, zebra, orangutan, and a Bengal tiger after a shipwreck sets them adrift in the Pacific Ocean. That's a terrible plot synopsis. Yeah. Okay. Because, okay. He finds himself in the company of a hyena, zebra, orangutan, and Bengal tiger. Yeah, why doesn't that make sense? It's not company. They're like all struggling to survive. That's like yeah, but they're still in the company of those people. They're not people, and also it deals with nothing about his family. Isn't this about Gandhi? Oh my god. (laughs) Oh my god. Um, This was actually interesting that we're talking about this one today because um, Irfan Khan who is an Indian actor who played the older was an Indian actor. Yeah, he passed away uh, today, actually, this morning, of I cancer at the age of 53, which is, like, kind of, it's it's weird. Like, uh, totally it's just not the type of celebrity you would expect hearing to die. Like, he was just... Yeah, I think it's a... weird. The, the timing's all weird. You know, it's yeah. all out of... Strange. And the, the way like... the movie deals with topics like it's just it's just weird it's just really weird it's weird to think like whenever i if i watch life of pi again like watching that guy he's like dead you know that's like weird oh, but that's the that's the case with like the first king kong movie everyone in the king kong movies yeah yeah i no, no i know that but like the fact that i watched it and he was alive and now he's dead and i'm still watching oh uh, gotcha yeah that's yeah. weird um okay uh Pahul, why don't you start off with life of pi what do you think of it all right, so this movie, Life of Pi. I first saw it uh, when it first came out. I don't, I don't know what year that was, but I was a teeny little kid. I didn't really get stuff. So I just saw this movie as like a survival thing, like an epic adventure kind of story. But after watching it a lot of years later, this movie's a lot more religious than I remember it to be. It's a lot more spiritual. And it was really interesting. I, I, it, it's For me, personally... This movie's grown into something that's a lot more than a, like a stupid epic adventure movie. You know, it deals with all these religions and everything. It's just it's it's a nice movie. You know, I had a lot of fun watching it. What religion some is it? Sad moments in there. Sad moments in there. What, Nick? I'm sorry you interrupted me, but I'm I'm the one who's sorry because I have some manners. Go on. <laughs> what religion is it? Well, I mean, I mean, basically the start of the movie, it's like the guys going through every single religion there is. Yeah. It's kind of like a religion horror, if you would. It's oh, really oh. weird. 
Yeah, Paul, you can't use that word. So Nick, please, please edit that word out. Uh, sorry. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he goes around and like become, he like starts studying. Um, he, he like grows up with Hindi and then he starts studying Christianity. Hindu, Hindu. Hindi is a language. Right. Sorry. He grows up with Hindu, but then he starts studying Christianity and then he starts studying Muslim. And then he kind of just like develops oh, no. like a spiritual On like the ocean. That like no 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 this no, is no, oh my god the ocean, which I think was interesting. I I kind of like a, the fact that the movie you know kind of represented like kind of a combination of religions and kind of like embraced all religions. I think that helped make the movie like more relatable to like the average man. You know, apparently the book is way 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 crazier than the movie. The the movie's yeah. based on the book. I I, I was read, reading about it. It was insane. I read some of the book, and the book is really violent. Ooh. Oh, like th- they describe some violent. of the animal deaths in like really graphic detail, and the mom's death, if I'm not mistaken. I don't remember enough about it to say that. I read it in like fifth grade, but oh, I remember okay. that the animals, and I remember it's a very technical book too. It's not as emotional as this movie was. Like I like this movie though. What? Nothing. Nick. You interrupted us again, Nick. Yeah, seriously, Nick. What, what is wrong, What's wrong with, you? with you? I should just leave. Yeah, you should. All right. Just kidding, Nick. Don't leave. Don't leave. Nick, Nick, Nick. Don't leave. Nick, 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 Nick. Nick, Nick, we all love you. That was a perfect timing until the very next day. And then you came back. That was awesome. Good job, Nick. Dramatic timing was on point. Let me check what else I have in my notes. Um, <laughs> you didn't take any notes. Shut up. Yeah, I took notes. And I, that's I, it. I that's feel like I have. took notes. I doubt it. I took notes, but He's the lying. only note I took liar. was He's a day ago, and I said, "Dude died." That's it. You said, "Dude dies." That's pretty. Uh... Yeah, because because a celebrity dude died. Right. <laughs> oh, oh, right, right, okay. It was kind of like I would compare it to like when Kobe died. Like, I wasn't super emotional about it because, like, I wasn't, like, I, I, I'm not a basketball fan, that kind of thing. I wasn't super emotional about his death. It was just, like, shocking. It was, like, whoa. Like, yeah, because, like, it's, it's out of nowhere. Right. And that, that type of guy, he's the type of guy to, like, randomly star in a movie and then get, like, an Oscar nomination, you know? Like, I, yeah. I saw an Oscar in that guy's future, and then he was just gone. Very he, was very, he was very famous in India. Oh, was he really? Yeah, he was known to be, like, a... Like a very artistic uh, actor type of guy, you know. Was, he, was like he known to be like really typical sexy too? action action Bollywood? Movie. No, no. There's there's some sex figure. There's some sexy figures in the uh, Bollywood. He was not one of them. His like I don't want to I don't want to say anything about the guy. He just died and everything. So I want to pass. Okay. Well, I think that that's interesting that he was known as a super artistic guy, and then he came to America and he made like a lot of action movies. Well, yeah, the thing is, is that these the kind of people who are like really artistic and stuff, they're mm-hmm. the ones who tend to ha- like they find a way into Hollywood. They're the ones who get away into Hollywood. Right. And then and then they just in Hollywood, then they're just like action type of guys. Right. Because I remember him in Jurassic World. Like, I remember thinking he was amazing in Life of Pi and then seeing him in Jurassic World. He was just playing this like very like standard. Wait, who is he in Jurassic World? He's uh the scientist, the Indian scientist that ends up like getting in a oh. rocket and gets shot down. And but killed. for a for a Bollywood person to get a role like that in a Hollywood movie, that's like insane. Yeah, it's like any I'm role sure. you get in a Hollywood movie is like career making and stuff. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, 
did you have anything else to say about life of pi that's it bro all right so uh nick do you want to go oh wait you haven't seen it um <laughs> i thought it was really good <laughs> um so life of pi is a movie i have like it's a very sentimental movie i actually credit it with the movie that kind of like got me into like movies and kind of like took my movie love to like a next level because as a little kid i always loved watching movies and like i always I, i wanted to be a film director since i was in like first grade but i never really thought about movies like on a deeper level until i saw life of pi and it's just because one the movie made me cry and like i just had a very emotional reaction with it and also uh i remember the like sense of wonder that it had when I was a kid, it was just like these like huge CGI animals and it was like super cool. And then because of that, I went home and I actually researched uh, Life of Pi like on the internet. And then I found some like movie talk shows and I like saw these people who were like really into movies and talking about it like every day on their jobs. And I'm like, oh, so this is what it's like to really be into movies. So Life of Pi is like always a movie that like I, I have a special connection with for that reason. So for that very reason, I was a little worried about watching it like so many years later, because what if it just like didn't hold up? Like what if it wasn't the same? And um, Life of Pi, I mean, it it isn't as good as like when I was a child, but I still think that this is like a a really strong, uh, like big blockbuster Hollywood movie. And it does a pretty good job of feeling like not like a Hollywood blockbuster movie. Because a lot of movies with budgets that are big like this, they're very focused on appealing to like the widest demographic possible. And this one does that for sure. It's definitely like a family movie and it's it's a movie a lot of like family saw over the holiday, but it never feels like it's pandering, to at least to me. Like I could see if you could think that way, but it didn't feel like it was pandering and it kind of just felt like it was like chilling. I don't know. Um, but the the sense of wonder that like the movie instilled in me when I was a kid was still there. I think that like the, when he's in the ocean and when he sees the whales or when he's like interacting with the animals and stuff, it's like that like curiosity you had as a kid when you first went to, to a zoo and you just like saw all these animals and they felt like larger than life and you just it, like blew your mind. I still got a sense like that. And I kind of like that because this is also like a zoo movie and um, it's it's revolved around the zoo that the guy had. Um, my, my biggest problem is that at times it kind of feels like three different movies, like the movie with him at home as a kid, and then the movie with him like surviving in the ocean, and then the movie with him telling the story later. And obviously like it's segmented like that. So th- there was some intention there, but it's just so segmented that to me, it felt like different movies at certain points. And that was really, really distracting. Uh, beyond that, I think um, the CGI hasn't held up like super well for some shots. Like there's a shot with a whale that just looks terrible today. Uh, it honestly looks like it was almost not finished. But a lot of the animal stuff, especially with the tiger, still holds up pretty well. And I am like all in support of using CGI animals for movies. I know that um, The Call of the Wild just came out. And it got like majorly crapped on because the CGI that they used for the dog in that movie looked like really bad, but I am all in support of that. And that is because like of where I sit in terms of um, like being a vegan and everything. 
Um, I think it's like a good idea. Like animals were not made for um, being thrown in front of cameras. They were meant to just, you know, like chill and do their own thing. So I am in support of that. And I'm, I think it's good that there's a movie like this that does it really, really well when you have movies like The Call of the Wild that don't do it very well. Uh, and beyond that, the, the acting felt a little bit hammy at certain points. Like it kind of felt like a, uh, a Hollywoodized film for sure. And also the changing aspect ratios was annoying for me. Like it didn't change too often, but when it did, I really noticed it. And I could tell it was because they were trying to like do like cool 3d um stuff with the camera but beyond that i don't know i i enjoy it it still gives me like a like happy like whoa type of feeling so um i i like life of pi quite a bit and uh nick you don't have thoughts on this movie so uh Pahul. oh wait i we totally forgot sure. we <laughs> Yeah, we need to do trivia for Aguirre. Okay, real quick. Oh, God, that's double trivia. Let's give our um, rankings for Life of Pi real quick. Bohu, what what are you going to give it? I want to give this a 14.50. Oh, that's that's a high score. Yeah, this movie could make it into the UC system if it tried. (laughs) You know, that that, that one is 30 points more than the score that I got. Damn. Damn, that's a high score, Robert. Make it into the UC system. True that. That's the nicest thing you've ever said to me, Pahul. Um, Your hair looks nice. Bam! Just beat myself. Oh crap! (laughs) I'm gonna faint. Um, I will give Life of Pi an eight out of ten. All right, Nick. Can we can we hit hit up the uh, the double trivia? And we need two transition sound effects. Okay. First of all, Robert, you said you were gonna do the uh, trivia for Aguirre, so. I do not have oh, one prepared for wait, Aguirre. Oh, do, do you not have any trivia for Aguirre? Um, well, I'm, I was doing all the trivia live, to be honest. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, anyways, I researched Aguirre afterwards and like looked over the um, trivia that was available on Amazon Prime. So I'm just speaking based off of that. But this Aguirre's production is like crazy. So when uh, Werner Herzog was initially writing the movie... He wrote it in, he, he said he wrote it in two and a half days while he was touring with his soccer team. And he was writing it on a typewriter. And one night, a bunch of the guys got super drunk. And one of them threw up on his typewriter. And because of that, it ruined like a bunch of pages of the script. And Werner just like threw them out the window and he was just done with them. Like, cause, and because he couldn't remember what he wrote down because he was writing it so quickly that he like just wasn't even thinking about it. So, theoretically this movie could have been two and a half hours long like that was probably like an hour of stuff uh, okay i don't mind that yeah um if this if aguirre was longer i would have had a problem with it um also interesting there is a scene towards the end where the lead actor is supposed to start like screaming and breaking down or not screaming but like he's having kind of like a mental breakdown but Werner. Uh, Erzog was very much against that so he so he shot for an hour and a half and just let the actor just like scream his head off and like do that until he got tired and then after that they shot it they shot the final scene so that he would be like more subtle um, also when they had finished shooting the movie Werner uh, traveled back to the United States I believe or wherever he was from at the time and he start and he thought that they actually lost all of the film's negatives because they hadn't received them from the airport. So they thought that the movie was just lost. 
but it turned out that the airport was just holding them because even though they signed all the paperwork, the airport just forgot to send them over. So um, that, that saved him quite the hassle. Also, the actor in the movie, towards the end, there was a scene with monkeys, and he said that the monkeys like actually were biting him on camera. <laughs> while it was happening so the production for this movie was just nuts it, it's 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 a very interesting story it's similar to um the story behind how they shot apocalypse now which was really interesting but anyways uh nick what about facts for life of pi uh i have a really terrible fact but <laughs> <laughs> all right go go for it pi is on the lifeboat for 227 days a good approximation for the number pi is 22 over 7 <laughs> That's it. That's the only fact you found. No. Okay. So that's a good fact. That's end it right there. That's a really no, good No, no, we're not about. ending. There's got to be something else about this movie that's interesting. No, no, but that's like the best fact ever. No, it's not. That <laughs> that's terrible. Okay, um Toby Maguire was originally cast as a writer. Ang Lee thought Maguire was too famous for such a small role and would have been what? distracting. That is true, though. I think that he would have been distracting. Although the guy that they chose ended up being, like, pretty hammy and, like, I don't know. Tobey Maguire is um, Spider-Man, yeah, okay. I was <laughs> Thanks for answering my question. I was or your question. Too. Wait, Tobey Maguire was in... <gasps> what? Tobey Maguire played adult Tim in The Boss Baby. <laughs> yeah, you didn't know that? No. No, no, oh, no, movie... no, no, we mentioned that. Yeah, I we, said that when we reviewed sure The Boss Baby. That. I was like, it had Alec Baldwin, Steve Buscemi, and Tobey Maguire, and yet the, who were like, always work with the Coen brothers, and yet the Coen brothers didn't direct it. I do yeah, no, remember mentioned... that, actually. Yeah, oh my I god, I do Nick. remember that. I'm sorry. All He's right, so Nick. dumb. I'm All right, Nick. So Transition sorry. sound effect. I can't. I told you this. No, no. No, 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 Transition sound effect. You don't remember? You don't remember the whole joke, Nick? Uh, whoa, that, right, was Nick, really that was cool... a great no, 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 no. We need to decide when we're going to cut it because you're going to cut this part out, Nick. Out of timestamp, you're cutting this part out, okay? Okay, cut it out now. Wow, Nick, that was a great transition. I love you. Yeah, no, I totally agree with everything said in that transition sound effect. That transition Anyways, sound effect was You know great. what, Nick? I think we need another one because we're transitioning to another movie again. So play another one here. Oh, Nick, that was oh. so good. <laughs> I'm laughing so much! Oh my god, Nick! That's amazing! Oh my god! Nick, you're just the coolest guy, aren't you? That's the worst. Hey, Nick. All right. <laughs> so uh, now we are going to go on to our next movie. CBS. The Martian. Oh. <laughs> there it is. Uh, oh, real quick, Nick, did you play the mobile game for this week? I did. Okay, cool. Um, so the mobile Martian game for this week. What? the mobile game for this week you sent it to me it was the jelly yeah but game. but i'm already on the mobile game for next week you see i'm thinking ahead oh ah gotcha okay so the martian is uh the, the plot synopsis reads as follows during a manned mission to mars astronaut mark watney is presumed dead after a fierce storm and left behind by his crew but watney has survived and finds himself stranded and alone on a hostile planet only meager supplies he must draw upon his ingenuity wit and spirit to subsist and find a way to signal to earth that he is alive all right nick i want you to start this one off um and i want you to explain what we did with this movie in eighth grade okay 
Oh. <laughs> I want people to know about the history of The Martian. Well, um, so first off, I'm going to give my thoughts. Um, I actually really like this movie. I thought it was very entertaining uh, because I, I really like the concept of just having a little bit and then um, surviving off of such like a small amount of supplies. Like, for example, like in Minecraft Skyblock. I knew it. Oh, <laughs> yeah. my God. I knew oh he was going to bring God. Minecraft in here somehow. And he did. Um, I really like that idea, and it's similar to the game like Raft and stuff like that. Um, I, 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 um, that concept in my mind is really entertaining, and I really like how um, the movie was extraordinarily accurate to how it, uh, that would actually go down. And um, also, uh, what's the actor for this film? I forget his name. Are you serious? Mark Ruffalo. No, Matt Damon. Matt Damon? Mark Ruffalo? <laughs> I don't know why, dude. Matt, it's Matt Damon, yeah. Matt Damon is a national treasure, and I love him. Anyways, in um, eighth grade, we see his butt. We do. No, no, that wasn't him though. That totally oh, wasn't, that wasn't him. him. That was a well, that was a stunt double. Well, think about it. Like he had the towel over his head, and we didn't see his face when he walked by. And then the next shot is like him. a close up of him, and he takes the towel off. And then the next shots, he's in a spacesuit. Okay. Him, man. I doubt it. In eighth grade, uh, science class um, by Kermelli. Because Mr. Anyway, um, <laughs> I don't know his first name. I forget. Um, I don't know either. We uh, we watched this movie, uh, and I don't remember what it was supposed to demonstrate, but I I believe that um, Kermelli. Uh, Why are you saying Kermelli? Why aren't you saying Kistermelli? Oh, Kistermelli. <laughs> oh uh, my God. <laughs> Okay. Just keep on going, Nick. Uh, Kister Melly. Um, he made a really big deal that this movie only had two F-words in it. And I remember Robert being this little smart aleck he was. <laughs> being like, hey, they only use two F-words because if they use more, then it would be an R rating. But it's PG-13. And... Um, yeah, that's all I remember. He argued it with me. He was like, no, they, they wanted to prove that he was like a tough guy. But after saying it twice, they didn't need to establish it as much. But like, there's literally shots of him outside of the pod where you can hear him screaming and see him mouthing the F word. And you just you just don't see him. You just can't hear it. You still see him saying it. Like, I don't I don't get it. I don't get the difference. Robert's still upset about it. Uh, I am. <laughs> I will be till the day I die. <laughs> you know what? You, okay, so here's the thing. What we studied with it, I, I completely forgot about this, but I looked at my old letterbox review. Um, we memorized its patterns, structures, and functions, systems, and stability and change. Oh, yeah. That was like the four themes of his class, and we used the Martian uh, to try to analyze it. Uh, it was such a weird way of teaching. Mr. Kelly, I mean, Kister Melly, <laughs> he, taught in such a weird, he taught in such a weird way, like a lot of his teaching just didn't make sense well he kind of had to because we were this is like the year that we're not going off the book and he just like kind of had to improvise the entire year that, that is insane to me like imagine just being given a science class and they're like we're not gonna tell you anything just make <laughs> up tried a class. His darn hardest tried his darn hardest but i learned a you lot i had a lot i had fun in this class yeah i had it was a fun it was a great eighth grade class because like we never finished little matter at that point. project what we never finished our car project, man. But he still gave us 100%. Oh, yeah, ours broke apart, and I, I almost <laughs> cried in class because I, I thought we were going to get a terrible grade. 
Oh my god! He rated that class really hard as well. Do you guys remember that? Like, so many kids had Bs for no reason. Yeah. Really? Yeah, he graded the class really hard. Oh. I I think I got like a 90.1% in the class. Like, I barely stood by with an A. Anyways, um, so, Nick, was that all you had to say about The Martian? I believe so. So, it's my turn. Unless you want to go Paul. The Martian? No, you go. Okay. So, The Martian, I got to see in San Diego when I first moved down there. And when I first saw it, this movie, like, blew my mind. I was like, oh, it was like that. Because I was, I, I just, I had never seen a movie like this before. It was, it was just something like new to me at the time. Now I understand there are a lot of movies like this out there, but at the time I hadn't seen like a movie that could combine like just so much fun with such like a stressful concept. I think that, and even like rewatching it now, I think this movie does a great job with combining stress and entertainment. Like there's a lot of stressful scenes in this movie where you're like, I don't know what the outcome is going to be of this, if he's even going to be able to survive this. But it's not like it's so stressful that it like is hard to watch, like Uncut Gems or something like that. And because of that, he like, what are you doing, Paul? I don't know. (laughs) Nick, you better show a clip of him doing that while I'm talking. It was great. Um, but I think Ridley Scott was very impressive for that. Like he could make a movie that went to heightened emotions, but was not too much for the general public to um, handle. I think that's really impressive. And I think he did a great job with that. Uh, Matt Damon is also in this movie. He's a pretty cool dude. Uh, he does a great job. And honestly, I think he's like the heart of this movie. Like like the the scene, I, 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 can we talk spoilers for The Martian? I feel like- Yeah, 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 go ahead, go ahead. Like the scene at the very end, right before he's about to launch off and go into space, he starts like breaking down, but he's still coordinated enough to like talk and like make everything happen. That that acting job just like blew my mind. Like with so many other actors that could come off as like artificial, but he it, it was just like, it, you could tell it wasn't a cry because he was sad. He was just like overwhelmed. He was overwhelmed with like the idea that he was leaving this place that he had spent so much time on and gotten so used to and he was finally going to see like a human face for the first time in so long i think that's really interesting um my problem with the martian is that even though this movie has very good conflict the conflict sometimes like it's solved too quickly like in the middle of the movie okay so in screenwriting there's this thing called the midpoint and it's supposed to happen in the middle of the movie and when it happens it permanently changes the rest of the movie it's like the switch that just like ruins everything it's like supposed to be like the heightened like a really high point in the movie like the midpoint and the climax are the highest points of the movie um and the midpoint i noticed while watching it because i was like just looking at it for its like structure and everything the uh space thing blows up and because of that he's not able to grow more potatoes. He's stuck with the amount of potatoes that he has left. Um, I thought that was, I thought that was interesting, but I think it was just solved too quickly. In five minutes, he sealed it back up again. He was able to go back inside and then he counted up his potatoes. And then it's like the food rationing wasn't even a problem at that point. 
He still had enough meat and potatoes to make it through. And even though he lost a lot of weight and he became very skinny, it didn't really feel Nick. Are you sleeping? <laughs> um, it didn't really feel like it was a permanent change that like seriously messed him up. Like if he had lost the ability to grow potatoes and then it was a problem of he's not going to be able to have enough food and he had to resort to some weird way, like that would have been like a great way to raise tension. But that's just an example of like the way that this movie just deals with conflict in order to try to make it like appeal. Nick, you're still sleeping. No, I'm not. In order to try to make it like appealing to wider audiences, the conflict isn't super intense and it's solved pretty quickly. And because of that, I just, I don't know. It wasn't quite like enough for me. Um, but yeah, those, those are my thoughts. Pahu? The Martian is a movie that's very cool. And it's cool because I had fun watching it. I had fun watching it because... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> this sounds like okay. a third grade essay. <laughs> it sounds like somebody who has no clue what they're talking about. I like The Martian because it's what? a good movie. It's a good movie because, movie because I like it's it. Really cool, and it's really cool because oh god, what was I gonna... oh, I'm gonna pull up my notes here. <laughs> okay, while he does okay, that, I... um, I pulled up my notes. Okay, Nick, no thank you for interrupting my review once again. <laughs> And anyway, um, so it was interesting. Um, I don't, I don't like the the midpoint or whatever where the thing blows up, because then I, the, the, then it's the movie's like, ugh, because then it's all high and happy and everything, and then it's suddenly sad. I'm like, dude, come on! I was, I, I was like, finally happy because the guy was happy, and the potatoes all got frozen to death or whatever, and the movie was just a bummer, you know until he got back in on well Earth i mean i guess in that sense it was a good midpoint because it did kind of change the emotions around but yeah anyway. boo hoo i hated that uh i, I would have liked if he like made a whole colony of potatoes and like it became really cool and a potato party and stuff whatever i'll live with that um what else uh the disco jokes i don't i don't know they got old for me pretty quickly like he's yeah. talking about the disco and everything oh yeah well listen to something else you freak well, um, he, he literally couldn't. That was the only music that he had. Are you kidding me? Did no one think to bring something else on this long trip to another planet? They, you they brought movies and TV shows. It takes six... What about music? Music is so important. Ever heard of Spotify, Apple Music? There's entire streaming platforms based on music. Music has been a part they, of... Where are they going to get a connection? Yeah, where are they going to get a connection, Pahul? No, but like what I'm saying is like there's entire businesses based on music. Music is clearly an important part of humanity, yet no one decides to bring music except for the captain, and she only brings disco. I mean, come on. It's 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 a six month journey to Mars and then they live there for a while and then they go back. That's like more than a year. And no uh, you know what, I'll just live with disco for a year. That's so stupid. I hated that. I should have thought that through. Maybe bring some better jokes. You need to calm down. But yeah, you're kind of going crazy. It's stupid, dude. Um, I will and... say that. Shut up. No, I will say that. Um, I uh, went, the day like when we were watching it in science class in eighth grade, I went. Uh, we hadn't finished the movie. I went home and I and I searched up the movie, which is rare for me. I don't, I usually don't make an effort to watch the rest of a movie in class. Anyways, we well, we finished the entire movie in class though, right? Yeah, we did. Yeah, but like okay. Over, in the span of three days, and after the second day, I just went home and watched the rest. Oh, okay. 
Yep. Well, oh, yeah. Wait, I mean, well, then what did you do on the third day? Watched it again. <laughs> wow. Good job, Nick. Anyway, um, yeah, this I've watched this movie two times, and I, 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 it was good, I guess. Yeah. And Donald Glover is in it, and I love Donald Glover. Oh yeah, I was gonna yeah. mention that the guy who did the. Yeah, he was so cool. I was like, dude, I thought it was cool how they brought him in at like the end of the movie, but it didn't feel forced. He was just like, yeah, it kind of makes yeah. sense. Yeah, and he did the whole thing where he was gonna go around the planet, and then he was gonna go straight through, and then he was gonna go. And it was, he's it was such a good crazy. actor. I love him. Donald Glover. No, Tobey Maguire. Oh, they should do a live-action duck stand movie, and Tobey Maguire can be the guy who owns the lemonade stand. Okay, shut up. Okay. No, that would actually be so awesome. And then you have a CGI mm-hmm. duck. We should make that. Let's call Tobey Maguire. Moving on. Moving on. Transition sound effect. No, no, we hey, still need facts crazy. and everything. That was really good. Oh. We need facts. <laughs> we need facts. Um, oh, yeah, facts. Nah, so... Oh, no. We read a bunch of trivia for this movie while we were watching the movie in science. Uh, uh, yeah, in I don't Chicago. remember a single thing about that. Oh, come on. I remember. Um, NASA was consulted in order to get aspect, aspects of space and space travel, specifically in one relation to Mars, or wait, in relation to Mars, with the most accuracy. NASA is federally funded, yet charges no one including private for-profit organizations, any fees for use of and, and access to its archives and consultants. Oh my god. You made a cool fact boring. Yeah, you made it really boring, Nick. Like, it seems like, it's like a lecture. Days. It's like... <sighs> Another Andy Weir uh, wrote his own computer programs using real Earth and Mars alignment data to determine the best theoretical date for the Area 3 missions to launch. Aries 3. Sorry. Um, have, have any of you read the book by Andy Weir? No. Nope. It's really good. I read it after the movie came out. It's, like, really, really good. And they actually bring up, no, like, the, the thing that I said where I feel like this movie didn't heighten the conflict enough, uh, the book totally does. There's like a, the towards the end. I, actually, I won't spoil that in case you do read it. Are you gonna read it? I was thinking of reading it along with the Life of Pi book. I'm really I'm interested literally in never that. going to step foot into uh, a bookstore and say I want the no, Martian. No, no, Nick. But the thing is that you step, you you like maybe if you go and get another jigsaw puzzle from Barnes and Noble with Jerry because you do that, and then you're like, oh look, the Martian, a book, and then you could get it. You know, you're very spontaneous, Nick. You are. Oh, no. I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if you started like a book club at, at uh, our high school. Why don't we have a book club for Shasta? Yeah, we should. Hey, hey, you can't use the word. That gives away our location. Shasta High School. <laughs> Why don't we have a book club for oh, for Hasta Shy School? <laughs> Clever. <laughs> Thanks. Um, okay, is that any other facts, or was that it, Nick? The tent-like shelter Watney spends most of his time. Oh my time God! Inside. It's called a hat. <laughs> yeah, I'm bored. Nick, just just transition. A hat. We know that. They say that in the movie. Short for Mars Lander Habitat. Shut up. Okay. <laughs> transition sound effect here. Nick, that one sucked. 
Yeah, Nick, you're you're really on a, like a sucky streak right now. Like what no, happened? No, the other yeah, Nick, you're you you're just like failing in every single direction. Yeah, like right the, the last. Sorry, Nick, come back. Don't, don't disappear. <laughs> Nick, don't Nick, disappear. Nick, come back. Nick, no, Nick's gone. <laughs> um. Anyways, now we're on to the mobile game part of the uh, podcast. So, Paul Hool, you uh, this is your segment. So, what is this game? What's it about? Let me pull it up. Let me pull it up. Okay. Wait. Uh, the the I died, the game, but you can't see. The game this 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 week is Jelly Shift. Jelly Shift is a mobile game developed by. Games. Developed by. Oh yeah, Say Games Limited Liability Corporation, and it's a it's let's see, the newest update is was I released one month ago. 1.8.6 minor bug fixes shift the jelly <laughs> up and down to change its form make sure to shape the jelly correctly so it can fit through the obstacles that's pretty much what it is and um this game was entertaining enough that i i clicked on the ad and i and i was i was redirected to the app store and i downloaded it and then i and i told uh, robert this this game is fire because it was at the time i moved on to next week's game which I'm gonna tell Robert that that's fire very soon after this after this podcast, and then uh, yeah, and in celebration of this game, my mom made us made me and my brother um, a jelly, and I ate it last night, and I loved it. That did it not happen. Awesome. That did dope. not happen. No, no that uh, it genuinely happen. happened. Like I'll send you a picture afterwards. Like, <laughs> after okay, I, I I don't not believe that she made jelly, but she did not make jelly because of this game. No, she did. Okay, maybe she did not, but I think she did. I like it. <laughs> it's 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 like it's like you know how those like movies are up to like like oh what happened at the end? You know, it's all up to what you think happened, and that's what I think happened. It's up to interpretation. Mom made me jello. Exactly, yeah, but, that's wait, the word I was looking for. When you can that, that's the first time you've interrupted me, and it's been good. Was it doesn't really? Apply. No, no, no. It does. It totally does. No, it doesn't. You're wrong. Mom's an enigma freak. Whoa! Why'd you call your uh, mom that? No, I didn't say that. I <laughs> called her an enigma. Yeah, that's really rude. That's not rude. That's nice. Wow. Okay, so I'm playing it right now, and I just got this ad, and it says vegetarian salad with a crying laughing emoji, and there's sausage in it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, Dude, this game, what is this? The Cook? Okay, guys. Uh, I really hate this game and everything that it stands for. This Okay, this game, obviously a big criti- uh, uh, criticism is that it is filled with ads. If you touch... <laughs> You could touch anywhere, and there are just so many ads, and it's literally just a grab for money. It's all it is. It's just like, oh, here's a dumb concept, and we can make a billion dollars off of this. Donald Trump said that. Why do you have an Indian accent? That wasn't an. That was not an Indian. That was Indian. That was offensive. I hate it. This is why I'm forming Asian American club at my school. With Michael Munty. With Michael Munty. Oh, it's gonna happen, bro. Good transition, Nick. Good job. That was a good one. No, no, Nick, Nick, keep on talking. What, what, what else do you not like about this game? Um, it's 
such a simple concept and they do like virtually nothing with it it's it's just like he, here's the game here's a little quirks in it and then that's it there's no other like creative thing we can do with this and that's all they do with it it's like if minecraft had three blocks <laughs> and then with the minecraft analogies bro everyone in the calls on their phone <laughs> No? Okay, I'm trying to get the game, so I, I'm trying to play the game right now so that I can get, like, up-to-date information on, like, uh, on what I think about it, you know? This is awful. Uh, are, are you done reviewing? I am done reviewing. Okay, I agree with everything Nick said. I had seen the ads for this game, and I, I honestly did think that it looked fun, but there's two big problems. One, Nick already said the ads. There's literally more time for ads in this game than there is for playing it. Every time you finish a level, which is like 45 seconds, there's like a 30 second ad. And then there's another part where you can't click X and it's impossible to skip the ads. It's such a waste of time. But number two, the difficulty of the first level is the difficulty of all the other levels. Most games have like increasing levels of difficulty so that there's like intrigue in the game so that you stay invested and you still want to play it. This movie, this game had none of that. It was literally like the same exact thing and it was so easy. There was no strategy, no skill whatsoever. This was one of my least favorite mobile games I've ever played. It, it's it's like I'm in like a Broken Mirror episode where there's, it's just like you're in a room and there's just a game with just like every an ad every single time you touch something. <laughs> I just got the I just got the text message for our new game. That's why Fuffle was on his phone. Yeah. That, let's give our scores for this game. So, who uh, I'm gonna go first? I will give this. Wait, I didn't. We didn't rate the Martian. We didn't never rated the Martian. Oh, that's kind of true. <laughs> Uh, I give the Martian a seven point <laughs> seven five out of ten. I'm gonna give it wanna, a eleven out of ten. Yes, screw you, Paul. I want to give it a thirteen hundred out of sixteen hundred. Yeah. This movie is like a sixteen hundred. Like this? Are you kidding me? It's so smart. Yeah, it's not about the smart. It's about how much I like it. Oh, I thought I thought you were giving it based off of like the smartness of the movie. You're an idiot. Nope. <laughs> no. Gotcha. Um, Pahul sent an ad for Aquapark.io, which looks no, so awful. No, Don't no. spoil the next. Oh my god. Nick, 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 just bleep it out, and then that'll um in- increase the intenseness even more. The Put ads for that game is are like so scummy. Yeah, they look awful. Anyways, <laughs> um, how <laughs> about scores for Jelly Shift? Oh, Jelly Shift. I want to give it an eleven hundred. Are you serious? This game, that game is so bad. I think that's smart. I'm giving it a 1.5 out of 10. I'm going to give it a 1. Yeah, it's awful. All right. So now we are on to our um, viewer submitted questions, and we have one this week. (laughs) (laughs) This podcast is just slowly dying, and we are going to keep on doing it. No, it'll be great after I make a TikTok. No, no, it's going to be a thing where we're just going to push through the pain. And we're going to come out of the other side with 2 million listeners daily or something, you know? Yeah. Wow. It'd be insane. What if this one gets like a million listeners and then all of our other ones get like absolutely zero? Like we had like Uh, one that was just super popular. I'd be fine. I'd be fine with that because I feel like I've pretty much reached the apex apex of my podcasting. Do you think the podcast would end after that? Oh, if, if if this episode reaches a million views, I don't know. I'd consider stopping this podcast right you there when it was good you know i think we should stop the podcast once one of our episodes gets a billion views okay well, we're never gonna stop it we're no, gonna, no, we're gonna... No, 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 no no it's either when we feel like stopping it or when one of our episodes gets a billion views 
A billion. Okay. Okay. You know what? I wonder okay. which one's gonna happen. <laughs> I don't think I don't. I doubt there's a single podcast that has had a billion listeners or a billion. No, there's there, the only thing that's gotten a billion uh, views on YouTube at least is yeah, music uh, videos. Music videos, yeah. Yeah, that's literally. Well, it. also that um that really creepy Russian video that I showed you. That guys. was kind. That that was technically a music thing. Like that was so it, weird. Yeah, no, okay, it's music videos or kids videos. I don't a podcast yeah. like uh, what. <laughs> I know it's impossible, and that's why I put it down, because I don't want it in the podcast, because I like doing it. The only reason I would see it happening is, like, if the population went to, like, 17 quadrillion or something like that. (laughs) (laughs) And people just really needed something to do. (laughs) Okay, um, so we actually have two questions this week, so we'll start out with this one. From WhoopWap, we have... Could Godzilla be considered a nature movie since he is the embodiment of nature fighting humanity? No. Nope. I don't think so because when when I hear nature movie, I think like things that exist in the real world. And I mean everything in this movie exists in the real world. So I would I would say no. Well, I mean they do th- go through a giant jungle, so I don't know. J- jungle like this, Nick. And the island and life of Pi <laughs> ain't real. Well, yeah, no, I'm talking about the majority of it is real, or the ideas behind it is real. Uh, it's not like he went to the island and there was, like, a dragon on there. <laughs> that'd be tiny really dragons. <laughs> Could you imagine if that's what happened in the movie? He went to the island and there was a dragon and it turned into, like, oh. Skyrim? Oh, no, no, yeah, and then, and, then, and then he accidentally brings a dragon along with him on the boat instead of the tiger. He leaves a tiger on the island, and then it's the story is him to bring the diner back to civilization. And it, like, destroys I mean, the, the dragon, world. I don't know. That'd be really funny. You could have made a billion dollar movie. That could have been a billion dollar film. Um. Anyways, we should do that. The next one is from Wild Mustang Will, and it says, "How the is The Martian a nature movie? They went to space. That's not nature. That's sci-fi. Space isn't nature. Space is space." Uh, and then Kennedy Delaney commented back saying, "He'd be growing plants in a dome." <laughs> um. <laughs> So the reason I think that this is a nature movie and not a space movie is because very little of this movie actually takes place in space. Most of it is on the Mars or the Earth. And I think it's nature movie because he's not fighting against elements of space. He's not fighting against a lack of oxygen. He's not fighting against like what people normally do during space movies. He's fighting against like nature, like getting food and growing potatoes. He's also a botanist. Uh, um well, okay, the way I see it is that all these movies are man versus nature movies. And so basically it's the people, however many people are in the movie, against their surrounding environment. And the environment around them plays a huge role in their decision-making process and, and, and in how the plot is driven forward. The plot is very much intertwined with how, like, what the environment is. And that's why uh, The Martian is a, is a nature movie in a way because everything that Mr. Matt Damon does is in some way because he's on space and everything that goes wrong with what Mr. Matt Damon does is because he's in space. And at the end, and at the end, Mr. Matt Damon, when he breaks down, he's breaking down because he's going from not being in space to not being in space. Yeah. 
Well, not quite right away. He he still is in space for another 300 days when he's going home. That's true. <laughs> but, like, he's basically home when he's on the spaceship, kind of. I don't know, whatever. Blah, blah, blah. Right. Uh, anyways, those are all our viewer submitted questions. So, oh, something's printing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's kind of printing. I better pull this out so it doesn't go all over the floor. Okay. Uh, Robert, you asked me to remind you of a very philosophical question that you're Oh, right. Up. Yeah, so I actually had a question that once I the printer finished. Oh, I'm curious what it's printing out right now. What if it printed out a paper that says, um, look behind you, and then like it, there's like a Slender Man or something? Oh, this is a, it's a bingo for, um... Bingo? For Jazzercise, I think. What? Yeah. One of them is drink 64 ounces of water. <laughs> <laughs> I think something else is printing. <laughs> no, it was just settling down. Okay, so I was having a debate with Pawn Jarker about a certain political topic that I won't mention here because it gets very intense and heated. But um, he brought up a scenario that was like literally impossible. It, it just couldn't happen. And then I, I mentioned that to him and he said, yeah, but we have the trolley incident, right? The like famous trolley incident where there's one man that's stuck against, you know, a family of five. And like, would you pull the lever to kill the one man? Um, and he was arguing that it's the same thing. Like, even though that could never happen, it's an interesting moral question. No, so here's my question. Um, I, what, what, what I was trying to do was define what life, like what I think is considered life. Um, and he debated something that like wasn't real. So my question is, do you think that questions that have no basis in reality are like reason enough to change your opinion on things? Well, it depends on the topic. <laughs> well, like the trolley incident, like, do you think that the trolley incident is really like an important question that we should be asking? And like, what, the, if it doesn't apply to the real world, what's the point of it? Um, I think I couldn't, I couldn't really give you an answer for the trolley instant or whatever. Um, but like, for example, in math, like, uh, you have to con consider things that are impossible and will never um, be a thing. Like, for example, infinity is incredibly useful in math. You have to consider the um, what is not possible to um, determine what is possible. I think that's true for math. But for things like abortion or something, for example, I... I've... I mentioned that. Yeah, I know. Um, I have no idea if you, if, you, if you should consider things that couldn't happen. I have, no, I have no opinion on the matter, but I'd imagine that there are places where you should consider the impossible and places where you shouldn't. That's a good answer. What, about, what do you think, Nick? Uh, Paul? I think that questions like the trolley question or whatever, they're based on a very, like, whatever answer you choose, it's based on a very strong moral base. So questions like the trolley question are important because it helps pretty much you in deciding where you stand and it builds this very strong foundation upon which you can set your uh, values that you and how you see the world. Like, so basically after analyzing such a tricky moral situation, it's easier to look at actual real world, uh, more realistic moral situations in a, in a more, it's in a more clearer light so to speak you know yeah, it's like how in physics we ignore like um air resistance and stuff like that yeah gotcha okay that, that's an interesting viewpoint on it thank you because i was like conflicted with that question myself so 
that helps work it down in my mind. Anyways, I have a awesome, random awesome. question generator, and I think we should answer a couple questions from it. Um, how far are we along in the podcast so far, though, Nick? Um, Time check. An estimate of about an hour and uh, 18 minutes. Wow. I was not expecting that. All right. We'll only answer, we'll only answer a couple. Okay. Where is the best place to take a date? Your mama's house. Oh, what? Okay, non-ironically, I think a movie theater is a great place because after the movie, you instantly have something to talk about. Like if you go to like get food after or get drinks or something, you have a conversation starter right off the bat. You don't have to think about something or try to figure out what you want to talk about and have it be awkward because you have a, like a movie to talk about and you know. I actually disagree with that because I feel like yeah. you can't talk to the person during the movie. So you're just kind of no, sitting no. there. That's why I'm saying like afterwards, if you go get drinks with them or go get food, then you have a conversation started. But like, okay, say you're dating someone like Nick who gets tired and really easily. So the thing is, is that theoretically, if Nick were a girl, uh, Nick's name is Nicolette. And this scenario, uh, it's and an I'm, impossible I'm... situation to make me think differently. There you go. What? <laughs> Nick can't be a girl. It's impossible, but it's a situation. I, I see. Uh, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So I'm taking Nicolette to Cinemark 14 and XD. We're going to grab popcorn and we're going to sit down and we're going to watch Jumanji 2. And <laughs> the thing is, is that Nicolette loves Jumanji 2. She loved the movie so much, but Nicolette was tired because Nicolette spent the day. Nicolette slept at 6 a.m. playing Minecraft. And so now Nicolette doesn't want to go and grab something to eat and talk about the movie. Nicolette just wants to go home. And now we didn't talk during our date. What was the date about? I could have just watched the movie on my own. Well, What's wrong with you, Nicolette? If I were with a... Nicolette loves Minecraft. If I with Nicolette a... will do what Nicolette will do. If I were with a girl, then I wouldn't act tired. I would talk to them. <laughs> no, but you're the girl. Um... If I was a girl, I, I'm not you a girl. You can't so say I if know. I was the girl and what you would do dating yourself. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're right. You're right. You you're can't right. comment on that. You're right. Okay, you're what do you right. think is a good place to uh, do a date? Bowl or I me? think. Oh, okay. Um, uh, so basically, when you when you go on a date, from what I understand, is uh, I've never been on a date before. If you if you can't tell, but um, you want something. You want a good balance between talking and not talking so like a uh, movie theater is on the other end of the spectrum where you don't talk at all and i don't know um a ther therapy is a bar on the other send a bar. a bar is on the other end of the spectrum where therapy. you literally just talk <laughs> so just a therapy for a first date like hey we should go on a date sometime want to go see my therapist <laughs> <laughs> That's a relationship with problems from the start if the first thing they do is go to a relationship therapist. Or you do the thing from Nathan for you and you just go to, uh, to get your blood drawn or something. <laughs> that would be totally random if we just got our blood drawn. <laughs> oh, you should watch Nathan for you. I think you would actually like it. It's on Hulu, all four seasons. I don't have Hulu, bro. <laughs> all right. Okay. So I think best you want to pick something in the Goldilocks zone. And what I think is in the Goldilocks zone is um, (laughs) 
Like bowling. Go to bowling. <laughs> Go bowl with her, man. And if okay. you're... you're... Bowling is kind of awkward for a first date thing, I feel. Well, okay, not bowl, but you know what I mean. Like something where you can like distract yourself. Uh, like you, you have something to do other than just talk. Okay. <laughs> you have something on the side to do. Like you uh, can bowl some balls. You, or I guess you could do that in a bar. You could like drink into the talk. Okay, how about like an arcade? Oh, I'm the therapist bored office too. The therapist can talk and then you two can talk and the therapist can talk and then you two See, can talk. I, I think that a lot of healthy relationships out there start in a therapist's office. They don't start in the therapist's room. <laughs> uh, I, I'm going to rule it out once I actually, if I actually experience it. <laughs> All right, Nick, what about, what, what are your thoughts? Um, my genuine answer is uh, a dorm room, I guess, because I just think it's just the perfect, like, a little private place just to talk, you know, maybe play some video games, just have a little, have, like, a little date, maybe. That's it. I, like, um, have, like, a dinner. Like, th- I think that's really adorable. Crap, and cheese. What? what? <laughs> okay, okay. I, I had an idea for, um, college that I think would be awesome. So here's what, what? I'm going to do. I'm going to get a spice cabinet. And I'll be, like, the guy with the spices. <laughs> so that people don't have to go out and buy, like, $50 worth of spices. I'll have all of them. But every time people want to use a spice, they have to pay me 25 cents. You're unbelievably stupid. Okay, no, <laughs> no. But the, see, the thing is, if you want to save money on that, you have to buy the spices wholesale. Meaning you have to buy, like, a one-pound bags of each spice. So you'll have, like, a one-pound bag of cardamom in your room. That just seems kind of inconvenient. No, I'll I'll get a spice cabinet. Put like a put a sign on your door that says like the spice guy, and then people will think yeah, like I'll a, be the spice guy. I'll be like famous around campus for that reason. No, but people will think you're like a drug dealer. <laughs> I know it'll be hilarious, and then like the administration will come and be like, "Hey, are you doing drugs?" I'm like, "No, legit, I just have spices." <laughs> and then they'll like taste the spices and be like, "Oh yeah, that's uh, that's paprika. Oh yeah, that's cilantro." Damn. It's not a bad idea. Yeah. What, Anyways. What kid in um, uh, UCLA is just going to be like, wow, I could really go for some sugar right now. <laughs> oh, I would. I, I love sugar. Oh, my gosh. Pahul, are you applying to UCLA? Yes, I am. Okay. So, like, five kids got into UCLA from Shasta this year. It was the most ever. Huh. Really? Yeah. It was um, Hoi Zoo. No. Okay. Um, yeah, okay. Bikolai Nelikov. Nice. Um, Thay Zloris. Wait, I have to think about that one. Oh, nice. Yep. Nice. Um, Merston Contegna. She got in? Okay, that's Got exciting. that one. Okay. And then she decided to go to Reno instead because they gave her a full ride scholarship. Oh. Um, and then uh, I don't know her last name, so I'm just going to say Sunny. Oh, I love her! Yeah, she got into UCLA. The girl in our physics. I think Palak Eitri might have. I'm not sure. The girl in our physics. The girl in our... High voice. The girl who is um, not white. Okay. Oh, yeah, Yeah. good for her. Good for her. I love her. She's so sweet. Okay, uh, this next question I think will actually be really good. What trend are you most tired of? Oh. Planking. I don't have one. <laughs> I was going to say that. I was going to say that. Oh, well, me and you actually have like really similar minds, I think. Hey, what's That's wrong nice. with 
not a thing anymore. <laughs> is this so, is this some joke that I don't get? <laughs> no, it's like it's like it's a thing from like 2011 or something. <laughs> yeah. I'm really sick of um, this coronavirus thing. Yeah, that's a pretty this bad trend. trend. This coronavirus trend sucks. Yeah, it's a it's a terrible trend. That that that's a pretty good answer. All right. Um, what, oh, what, did you guys that? see that Elon Musk tweeted that like free uh, free America and the lockdown and stuff? That was crazy. Anyway. Okay, this one is it's, it's a difficult question. I might just skip it. What would be the best worst name for different types of businesses, aka dry cleaners, amusement parks, etc. So like a good name, like best worst. So it's like good but bad. Um, that, that one's a hard question. Oh, uh, amusement park. It could be a water park, and the name could just be water. <laughs> um, I think I think the best worst name ever was Darm Starbucks from Nathan for you. Um, I think the best name ever would be um a water park, and it's called H Two Wo. Oh, that's a good oh, one. That's, that's a good one. That's a good one. <laughs> okay, what song always puts you in a good mood? Everything is awesome from the Lego Movie. Oh yeah, agreed, agreed. Yeah, uh, I second that one. I for sure second that one. Uh, also, Party Rock Anthem by Miley Cyrus. Oh yeah, by Miley Cyrus. No, so sorry, Party in the USA by Miley Cyrus oh, and good. Party Rock Anthem by whatever LMAO. Um, and, Gangnam um, Style too. And Gangnam Style Gangnam by style the Korean guy. Um, at, at Model UN, I don't know if you heard the story, Paul. Hull. At Model UN, Gareth Nikolai me michael and pahul were all sharing a room and i was like guys we've got to walk out in slow mo to gangnam style so we <laughs> did we walked out in slow motion to gundam style that's awful i still need to edit the blog that we took from UC. oh dude i completely no, forgot about that took like an hour i should do that uh nick what's your what's your good mood song um either honeyweed or um lone digger by caravan palace the serious answer, so that was stupid. Um, yeah, that's All right, sad. here's the next question. Oh, sorry. Okay, no, sorry. Actually, I am serious about those three songs, though. Those three songs put me in a good mood, and everything is awesome. Party in the USA does? Despacito. It's, yeah. That song Not pisses Despacito. me off. I can't stand Not Despacito. it. Despacito. I can't stand Party in the USA. That's <laughs> what it sounds like. Well, for some parts, yes. Robert, we should probably be ending soon. I'm just saying. Okay, how about two more questions? Two more? Jesus, okay. Good? fun yeah I, no what? no i okay here's the thing no one is not going if somebody's going to listen to the entire thing it's not like that there's going to be a huge difference between an hour and 30 minutes and an hour and 45 minutes i just meant i was hungry and i wanted to go eat oh <laughs> anyways okay this is a good question what is something that is considered a luxury but you don't think you could live without Thank wait, you. wait probably oh, my oh okay i got the question <laughs> Oh, beds. Like, it would be so hard to live without a bed. Like, it's technically just a luxury. You can sleep anywhere. But, like, without beds, our sleep would be awful. And we would all be frustrated all the time. Hi, Tim Mana.
Yeah. And that's it. <laughs> Nick, do you need to go? No, my dad's just printing something. Oh, you're oh. <laughs> Yeah, you're right there. You're, you're upside down right wait, there. Wait, wait, he should answer the question. You, sh- you should um, let him go up to the mic. Ask him the question. Do you not want to be seen? It's just... Here, let me, let me turn off. Wait, wait, wait. wait Tim, Tim, we have a question we want you to answer. He's <laughs> upside down. <laughs> there we go. There we go. <laughs> Tim, you. Tim, we have a question. Can, he can, can't we, hear you. Answer wait, wait. A question? He can't hear you, Robert. Can you ask him to, Nick? Yeah. What's the question, Robert? Um, what is something that is considered a luxury but you don't think you could live without? Dad, what what is something that you consider a luxury but you don't think you could live without? A luxury I can't live without? Yeah. What the hell kind of question is that? <laughs> It's just a question. There's no, no such thing. What, what do you mean? <laughs> no, no, there has There's to be something. I can't live without. Yeah. Air conditioning. Air conditioning. There we go. That, that's oh, a great that's answer. A that's one. a great answer. Thank one. you, Tim. Yeah. They're commemorating yeah. you. Oh, ask him the date question. Ask him the date question. Dad, what's the best place you could take a girl on a date? A yacht. A yacht. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, he's back. The best place to take a girl on a date? Yeah. The back seat of your car. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the front seat's fine too. <laughs> you, have to, you have to keep this in the podcast. I mean, come yeah, no, on. You have to keep this. You have to keep I mean, this. Serious. this Robert was crying. I, I legitimately <laughs> had like, the last ending <laughs> ever. Oh my! His head was just floating in the green of the duck. (laughs) Okay, Nick, what is your dad doing? He looks like ten years younger all of a sudden. He didn't have his glasses on. I don't know. (laughs) Okay, I just didn't see any wrinkles either. Didn't he look young, Paul? Yeah, he looked. He looked pretty young, actually. Yeah. Yeah. I'll I'll tell him you said that. Anyways, um, considered a luxury, but you can't live without. Are we done with that question? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, um, should this be our last question, or do we want to keep on going? I want to eat. <laughs> I'm hungry. Uh, all in favor of this being the last question, aye. Aye. Oh, that's that's two-thirds majority. All right. Um, what Wait, was your favorite... Said... What? Uh, go on, go on, well, go we on. We can't answer this one because we have not been to college. So <laughs> um, that one is so stupid. We need a good one. Okay. What would the adult version of an ice cream truck sell, and what song would it play? That's really good. Alcohol and, um, um, uh, uh, what's it? Uh, Party Rock Anthem. Party Rock Anthem. Could you imagine uh, yeah. a truck that drives around Party playing Party Rock Anthem and it sells alcohol? No, that's actually, why not? That's, that's like, that's perfect, I feel. like That's a good idea. Except what else? for the fat, uh, weed, I don't know. I think weed is another good one in states where it's legal. Um, just especially if you drive around play what's like a synonymous stoner song? Snoop Dogg. Anything by Snoop Dogg. Oh yeah, just just Snoop Dogg on repeat. Get it get yeah. a little iPod shuffle with just all Snoop Dogg songs and or, go around and sell weed. But then I got high, that's a good one. I swear that that's something oh yeah, that's that okay. The problem with the weed one would be that the drivers would get secondhand smoke and probably get high and then they would be driving while high. That's true. That's true. With the alcohol, uh, they don't have yeah. to drink the alcohol. So they would be. Yeah. 
Also, that is re- it's not illegal to have closed um, bottles of alcohol in a car, but if, if any of them are open, then they are going to the slammer. What? what well, why? But they, they'll be closed, though. Okay. You're going to sell them while they're closed. It's not like a bartender service. It's <laughs> actually just they pull up and then you sell them wine bottles or whatever. Mm. Nick, you know ice cream trucks, there's like a driving part and then like an ice cream part. It would be the same thing. It would be separate. Yeah, But they're still in a moving vehicle. <laughs> Yeah, no, no. Yeah, you won't be able to sell, like, opened bottles of alcohol. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's... That makes sense. Um, I, okay, fun fact. You guys know Rupert Grint from the Harry Potter movies? Nope. Ron Weasley? Yeah. 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 He, um, the reason that you haven't seen him in any acting things is because after he got all his money from Harry Potter, he fulfilled his dream when he was an 11-year-old to become an ice cream truck man. So now he has an ice cream truck and he drives around Britain giving kids ice cream. That's literally like all he does all You're day long. Joking. Oh my god. No, that's like a real oh thing. Oh my god. Wow. Can we do can we do one more, please? Okay. Um, yeah. Just one more. Just one more. Okay. Um that one's a little too heavy for this show. Hey, oh. this show could get heavy oh, as hell. Okay, I thought the la- the last one was what do all parents do that harms their kids? This one's even worse. What are the benefits and drawbacks of diversity in society? Oh. Yeah. Well, I don't okay, think let's see. The pros of oh diversity is the fact that... Uh, oh. Yeah. Wait, hold on. No, just... no. We, we, we can... huh? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to interrupt for a second. Yeah, that looks like the hallway from um, The Shining. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, the sh- it is. It is? Yeah. Do you guys, have you guys seen Casino? Yeah. Robert has. Yeah, Robert. Did you like it? Yeah. He said yes. Starts out a little slow, right? But it, it, it's, it's, it's like long, it, right? but it's pretty good, yeah. can't hear, man. <laughs> no. What? No, just you can hear. You liked it? Yeah, I enjoyed it quite a bit. It, it's long, but it's really good. Yeah, it is long, but it is it's a true story. Um, you knew that, right? Yeah. How about uh, have you seen Goodfellas? Oh yeah, I love Goodfellas. Uh, so you're in the mafia films. That one's actually Goodfellas is getting taken off of Netflix um, in two days. What? So if you Goodfellas want to is getting taken off of Netflix in two days. Oh, I have it. Oh, nice. Now I don't know if you saw The Departed, but I didn't like that. I haven't seen it yet, but um, I'm looking forward to it. Cause the Departed? Uh, well, you you like all movies. I didn't care for that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right, thank you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this question is really, really long, but I just want to read it. Like, I don't I don't know if we have to answer it, but I just want to read it. As people, we feel our moral obligation weakened with, with physical as well as emotional distance from individuals in need. For example, you're more likely to help someone dying of hunger at your feet than someone dying of hunger in another country. How does this human trait of morality dependent on distance shape our world? This is um, a conversation starter. Who starts a conversation like that? <laughs> this is a good first date. Yeah, you're sitting in Olive Garden. You're fetching Alfredo's on the way. Yeah, you have like a paragraph memorized for a question. <laughs> you just drop a bomb. <laughs> yeah, okay. I, okay, so... I think that this impacts our society in the way that like the kind of culture where it's like, Oh, I bought this thing where it's like, I'm, I bought this thing and it signifies that like, I'm giving a goat to like this family in Indonesia when like, it really means nothing. And it probably didn't even happen. The money was probably used for something completely different. Um, I, I think it just creates a culture where it's like helping people 
trying to help people but not really getting anything done? I think that um, I, I really like this question. And I think that uh, the way that this creates like sort of charitable societies where like you donate a little bit of money and you give someone in Africa a place to stay, you know, a, a, a day's meal and everything. Very good things if it actually is going for the thing. But who but who knows where the money's going? And the thing is, is that this gives people like a sort of pride and like, you know, I gave money to this very good. And that makes them complacent in a way. Yeah, that they feel like they're helping, but they're not changing their own situation. Sometimes what you need to do is you need to build up your own community. You need to, you need to sometimes you need to let people go. You need to let them with a, of course, you have to still have to help them, but you need to it's like give a man a fish for a day, whatever, and you feed, feed him forever. Something, something, something. But like, it just, I don't like charities because it makes people feel good, even though they haven't really done anything that, that well. And if people didn't feel good that much, maybe they'd be like motivated to go out and improve their own society, you know, improve right. their own community. Because it's a lot, pretty much the entire world is screwed up in a very weird way like different levels are screwed up but everywhere is screwed up in a way yeah um this makes me think like the, the the problem with like charity is that there's like these multi multi like billion um dollar corporations like um amazon like jeff bezos he did something where like he came forward and he gave like 80 million dollars to a certain charity and everyone's like oh that's so great but that's just like such a small part of his like that's such a small part of his profits. And not only that, like, he, he, it's not like by giving $80 million to a charity, he's doing anything necessarily like, like world changing. It's not like he himself is paying for apartments for the homeless, or he himself is paying for food to be delivered to lower countries. He's just giving money to a charitable organization. And we have no clue what they do. There are told so many scandals about charity organizations taking the money and doing completely different things. And I think that's kind of like the biggest problem I see with what that, um, what, what that type of thought does. Um, I think it, it uh, promotes the idea of creating like a very, um, I guess like kind of disconnected societies, uh, I suppose. Cause like, if you're willing to help those close to you, then, and like not those who are um, farther away from you, then it'll just like kind of the groups who are together are going to stay, get, stay together and not like um, help centralize, I guess. I, I don't really know how to explain myself, but I don't know. Yeah. Anyways, that's kind of a heavy one to end on. Do we want to do one more? Just oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> a lighter one to send off or do we want to end on that heavy note no uh, let's end it off on a light note you know people okay. have a little bit of light in their lives Th this one's this one's light and easy what tv channel doesn't exist but really should i feel like i think it would be awesome if there was a tv channel that just showed really crappy cheesy action movies because like if you're in a mood for a crappy action movie it's really hard to find one but if there was a channel for that, you just flip to it and just see like explosions and just like the stupidest things. I, I think uh, there would be a, it would be a good for to have a channel about of uh, Jesus that, that features just so bad they're good movies. Yeah, yeah, that would be great. Mm -hmm. Oh, or just like TV or like really anything. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, uh, that that's a good one to end on. So uh... oh, hold an answer. <laughs>
No, I don't want to answer this one. Get <laughs> pass. When Pahul doesn't want to answer a question, he really doesn't want to answer a question. I still don't know whose hero is. True that. No one will ever know. Mm-hmm. Wow. All right. Um, so I guess this is the end of the podcast here. We, we need some way to end. We need some catchphrase or something. Catch you later, Alligator. Six, five, four, three, two, one.